Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the True Achievements podcast. Joining me today, I have Jack. Hello. And Dave. Hello. And we have an extra special guest today. We have the wonderful Jez Corden from Windows Central. How are you, Jez? Hi, pretty good. Rocking my coffee excellent. right now, so I'm pretty happy. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Thanks very much for having me. You're welcome. So um, let's just talk a bit about you as you're here. Um, for anyone who might not be aware, what exactly is Windows Central website? So Windows Central is a Microsoft ecosystem website. We cover laptops, Windows Phone, for those who still use it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, which and, uh, you still do. <laughs> yeah, I use it. I know you're a proponent of the Windows Phone. <laughs> yeah, so sadly, one of the few left. And, um, <laughs> and also, uh, obviously, Xbox. Um, we Historically, we were Windows Phone Central, but you all know how that went. So we decided to d- diversify to cover the whole ecosystem. And um, they brought me on to cover Xbox a couple of years ago. Actually, this week is my second year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So um, we, we, our, a lot of our, of our listeners are obviously big uh, achievement hunters, and a lot of them bought Windows phones uh, and probably still own their Windows phones from as soon as it became possible to earn achievements on those phones. Because uh, we we, one of our big popular things on the site is achievement streaks, which is basically earning at least one achievement every day, So if you, which is fine if you're at home and everyone's playing on their Xboxes, no problem at all. But the moment you have to go on a family holiday or you have to you know, disappear away, Windows Phone was really the only answer to keeping that streak alive. Ah, yeah. Um, so we actually have quite a big Windows Phone following on, on TA, I would, I would say. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, I I had one for two years, a, a fantastic Lumia 9, I want to say 920. I can't remember exactly what the model number was. The big, Best camera, one. yeah, the, with a sort of rounded surface. Yeah, that's but the, the best camera one. by a mile that was around at the time just took amazing low-level pictures and um, I obviously loved the gaming on it as well. Are they still producing games for Windows Phone? Yeah, actually, um, Minecraft Pocket Edition came to Windows Phone last week with uh, okay. Xbox achievements for the first time. Um, it ha- it was available, but it didn't have achievements or Xbox Live integration, but now on Windows 10 Mobile, it does have Realm support and all the latest wow. updates on Pocket Edition that's on iOS and Android and Xbox Live achievements, so that's that's something. Um, there are yeah. a few publishers that are dedicated to Xbox Live on Windows Phone. Um, Game Troopers comes to mind, if um, yeah, anyone's Game familiar with those. Yeah. yeah. So there are there are still a trickle of games coming out, and obviously recently with the Xbox Live Creators Program, where yes. developers can come on to that. Mm. yeah can more easily access the Xbox Live API, not necessarily achievements, but it might it might entice more people to make games for UWP and go on to join the Idea Xbox Program to get achievements in their games. So yeah, the, okay. at this point. The only way is up. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. Um, cool. So how did you get into the games industry? Well, it's a funny story, actually, and <clears throat> it was never a plan. Um, basically, <laughs> long story short, um, I was friends with this lass, and... <laughs> <laughs> the best stories I, I like stories yeah I was just about to say this is going to be a good one it's going to be good and she had a boyfriend oh. and her boyfriend was really into Apple 
like really into Apple. Like he had an Apple sticker on the front door. Yeah. Wow. Steve <laughs> on the coffee table. Had all the MacBook, iMac, and iPhone, and all this. And I'd never really met anyone that was that into into a, a tech brand before. So to contradict him, I got into Microsoft. I <laughs> know. <laughs> So, because I already had an Xbox, and I thought, yeah, and I like Windows anyway, and Windows has always been there in my life, and I thought, I'm going to contradict him and go Microsoft and start going on about how great Microsoft is all the time. So I got a Windows phone as well, and I fell in love with it, and um, I really fell in love with it. And then, um, and then the X, the whole 2013 thing happened with DRM Gate and and all this stuff, and. Um, I don't know why, because I used to be a web designer in a past life, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to make a blog to try and explain why DRM gate isn't such a bad thing, in my opinion, because um, we were going to get, you know, sharing licenses with 10 yeah, family Yeah, there was members. definitely some good ideas behind that whole concept. Yeah. It, it wasn't was, delivered well. Yeah, there's downsides, but there were also some positives in there as well. And I kind of wanted to get the positives across and also, like, just start a hobby. And also, I wanted to blog about Windows Phone because I just really, really loved it. I had a HTC 8X, and I really loved that phone. And um, I was just... I was pretty good at it. And then Nokia noticed me at the time, and their social media team reached out to me, and they invited me to Mobile World Congress um, nice. to check out the Lumia 640 launch. And... um. I went there and I interviewed someone from Nokia, uh, someone from Nokia's marketing team, and I wrote this massive article about this interview that Windows Central didn't get, and then I posted that on Reddit, and then Daniel Rubino, who's the editor-in-chief of Windows Central, he noticed my article from that, and he offered me a job. Uh, wow. Email, and I was just, like, blown away. Like, it was just <laughs> that, that whole year was just, like, just crazy. Like, Xbox yeah. 20 Touch, I met Aaron Greenberg, and... Um, just the, the support that I got from Microsoft, just of blogging for a hobby was just immense. And then That's it turned to a job. That um, that will encourage a lot of our listeners because we quite often get questions like, how did you get into the industry? And we, we normally say it's quite difficult, but actually that is an unusual story. I don't know whether it's actually still that unusual. Probably quite a lot of people get noticed <laughs> like that. But um, it's just a bit awesome. Of... So what happened with the last? That's the question everybody else wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you now married with four children? Well... <laughs> It, that that bit didn't work out so well. Um, oh. I met another girl, um, okay. Andy, who's now my girlfriend. I love her very much. And uh, okay, so it all worked out in the end. Yeah, it all worked out in the end. Let's How's say. Apple Boy doing? He's now running Apple. Is his name Tim Cook? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. Who knows? Okay. I'm sure he's. Probably, I'm sure he's well. Very sad. <laughs> Good. Okay, let's move on to what's your gaming history. So you mentioned Xbox. Have you always been a Xbox player, were you a 360 player from launch? Yeah, um, I had a... I think it was um, it was mainly the 360 that made me switch, I think. I had a original Xbox, but I only re- used it to play Halo. Um, yeah. I wasn't... During those years, I was sort of heavily addicted to World of Warcraft. So okay. I only sort of played very few console games. Um, I only played Halo and... Uh, Final Fantasy Eleven MMO as well. <laughs> oh my god, Lots that game is just stuff. the worst um, soul destroying game ever. Really? Okay, it we was don't so play RPGs hard. on this pod. 
So <laughs> we don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I switched to 360 because um, that, that obviously came out. It came out long before the PS3 did, and um, also the PS3 had its own sort of not DRM gate, but sort of botched launch where it was like yes. came out a year later and it was more expensive and it was just like Crazy price. yeah, just sort of. I actually vividly remember thinking, I really hope Microsoft don't do a PS3 when they announce the Xbox One, but uh, they, they kind of did. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I switched to 360 and I never really looked back. I love the ecosystem. Xbox Live is just immense. I'm just I've been all digital for a long time, so I'm just kind of lo- I just kind of got locked into the ecosystem, and I think that's part of Microsoft's strategy right now. And Sony's as well, you know, just getting people locked into the ecosystem mm-hmm. digitally. Because it makes it harder to switch. Then it's the same That's on true. phones. If you've got like, you've got like fifty apps on Apple iOS, and um, it's it's a bit harder to switch over to a new ecosystem. So I think that's what it's all about now, really. Well, that's yeah. a whole nother conversation. No, cool. That's cool. And you're enjoying the one. Yeah, I've no Looking complaints. To Scorpio. I am indeed, um, okay. especially given the stuff that I know. Oh, we can't <laughs> I can't talk about. Talk about. Sorry. Okay, okay, that's fine. We'll come on to Scorpio a bit later anyway. Um, Let's just quickly mention your gamertag because it is pretty sweet. It's very unusual for us to have someone on the podcast who only has a three-letter gamertag. So um, So how long have you had it? I've had it for a few months now. Only a few months. Just a few months. Okay. I I was like, well, I'm going to Sorry, what? Was it released? Because um, Microsoft released no. around eighteen thousand. It wasn't part of that. Ooh, um, but if you had to kill someone, <laughs> kind of, kind of. Um, I, I was one of these people who were addicted to changing their gamer tag. Like, I, I literally, I've spent at least a hundred pounds over the years changing wow. my gamer tag. <laughs> and um, Microsoft, Microsoft totally sucked me with that. But um, <laughs> uh, Windows Central is actually partnered with Beam, and um, one of the benefits of being a Beam partner is that they will give you the game attack you want. Okay. So I hope I'm allowed to say that. I probably am allowed to say <laughs> that. But um, okay. so uh, you can't actually get a three-letter game attack, I don't think, without, like, the minimum you can have is four letters. No, they released they released a lot of three-letter ones oh, did last year. Okay. Yeah, I think it was the beginning of last year. Okay. We were trying. It was quite interesting because they they did a story that they were going to start releasing them, and we were just obviously we track game attack changes automatically, but we log them all, and there were just thousands going through every day for about two weeks. It was it was uh, crazy. We actually did some some interesting analysis on it, it but yeah, they they let go quite. A I few bet they would actually figure out what was going to become available as well based on what game attacks have been changed yeah. to kind of the default Microsoft ones, which is quite interesting. Yeah. I think Jez might have been a default Microsoft one then or something because it hadn't been released, but it had zero. Zero gamer score and no one was using it. Yeah, so, I mean, what they were doing was the people were like um, sort of uh, hoarding, hoarding. hoarding them. Yeah, so people registered loads of them right at the start, but just never done anything with them. A bit like you, you people used to do with domains. Yeah, um, okay. So yeah, they they would let loads of them go. I think there was even a couple of two two letter ones. ones. Yeah, there was. Yeah. A few. Oh, nice. Well, Microsoft okay, well, well. Microsoft hooked me up. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I got my game there you go, kids. If you want to get your own three-letter tag, just uh, bang on Phil Spencer's door. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> right, let's move on to what we've been playing because it's been another busy week. Uh, we have been streaming uh, six games since we last spoke, I think, which is pretty crazy on our Beam channel, which is getting more and more popular. Thank you to everybody that joins us on there every day. Um, we actually have a right laugh on there these days. It's quite entertaining. Yep. 
Um, let's talk about Friday's stream. So we played a game called Chime Sharp, which is the successor to a game called Chime. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, why don't you tell us about it? It's uh, quite a lot sharper than Chime. Just, oh, uh, oh great. fantastic. Okay. Hang on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... So I just got a drum kit here that um, <laughs> I just, uh, I'm, just thought, I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Um, so the game itself, I haven't actually played the first one, so I can't really compare it much to that. Um, okay, but I have played the first one, and it did feel very similar. I can't actually. It was a long time ago. I think it was actually a charity game. The first one, I think okay. it came out, and all proceeds went to charity. So I bought it for for a good cause. Okay, that's cool. So this one, I don't think it was charity. I don't think no, any of the proceeds went to charity. It was an ID title, and it was music based. So you start the game, you've got different music tracks you can select, and it's kind of a puzzle. So it's you have. Similar to Tetris pieces, except it, rather than being made up of four blocks, it's five blocks. And every kind of imaginable combination you could think of, you've got to put them down onto a grid and try and make um, quads. Yeah, which are three by three or bigger squares, basically. Yeah, I think we could do a two by three as well. Uh, we discovered that was a perfect quad because that's one of the achievements. Well, it classed as a perfect quad, but I'm not too sure. It, uh, perfect quad sorry, was without fragments, wasn't it? Yeah. So you didn't have bits. Yeah, it was basically a, a, a pattern matching game, and you had to build yeah. the grid up. Um, so you... But all the time, there's a time limit time mm-hmm. ticking down, and and uh, if you're not building fast enough, then you leave like the fragments as the as the quads disappear, and it becomes harder and harder to fill the fill the grid. And as you play and get more points, the music starts getting louder. You start getting kind of more of the beats playing through, and it's got proper licensed music on it, which is um, interesting as well. Mm. Unusual, yeah. Mm. So I think we it were was good though, wasn't it? It was hard. at one point, weren't we? Yes, it was hard though. It was it was tricky. We got six achievements for 175 Gs mm-hmm. in our um, hour of playthrough, but it was quite enjoyable. Uh, Monday we played Former Eight. Yep. Um, remind me about this game. It's a little kind of uh, puzzle puzzle platformer. Uh, well, I say platformer, but you you play an orb that's floating in the air and you're oh, yeah. using the sticks to move around. There's kind of inertia that's affecting you and um, you're not, there's no gravity or anything, but it's just flying around the environment, solving small puzzles. Um, lots of enemies, lots yeah, of things lots, shooting you. Lots of enemies. You, the way you shot things was to drop a little bomb and then sort of give it a nudge with your back. Yeah. Like a little, little pump. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. Yeah, you started control. off with kind of one mechanic, um, one base mechanic, which was dropping the bomb, and then you got a shield mechanic. And then you could combine those two together to like use utilize them to do what Rich has said, to shoot the bombs across the map and get a projectile attack going. Yeah. Um, it, it was hard though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was quite tricky. And there's some bits like we came across a plant boss. Mm. And that took us a couple of attempts, a couple of controller switches, so switching whenever we died um, to uh, actually beat that one. But Yeah, it was um it wasn't obvious what you had to do in a few places. No. But reasonably enjoyable. We got six achievements for 130 Gs, uh, but I have seen people completed it on my Twitter, so it is uh, completable relatively quickly, I think. Mm. Um, on Tuesday, we played Ghostblade HD, which is a shmup bullet hell. <laughs> I love that as a genre. <laughs> uh, which was crazy. So it was local co-op. Uh, five levels, just insane bullets all over the place, um, enemies everywhere, 
you have vertically scrolling uh, with or horizontally choice of scrolling, depending on. Hor- yeah, you could flip the entire screen, but that flipped the controller as well. So that was just mind blowing. Watch the stream if you want to see us get very confused and uh, stand on our side <laughs> for about half an hour. Um, but we we did really well on the achievements. This game throws achievements at you like nobody's business. Uh, I think we popped like ten in the first five minutes or so. It was just crazy, crazy time. Um, but sort of quite good. All you did was just move around the screen, try and avoid some of the bullets because you couldn't avoid them all mm-hmm. and hold down the fire button. And it was just, you know, yeah. crazy Japanese music. Um, pretty intense. My eyes were bleeding at the end of the hour, <laughs> which gives you some idea. But um, perfectly completable game, although some of the achievements looked quite tricky. We kept getting yeah. stuck at the final boss. In terms of um, content, it felt quite... Uh, there were only five levels to play for it. It only took about 20 minutes, or 15 mm. to 20 minutes to do a full play for A whole lot. Yeah, which shouldn't seem but like we much, didn't... but you're obviously rinsing and repeating, and you have to get to the end. Your user continue, go back to the start, play through again, and, repeat. and we were playing on easy. Um, yeah, oh God knows what it's like if you crank it up to hard because it was it was pretty intense mm-hmm. as it was, uh, but fun as a local co-op game. Yeah, um, certainly that was when we had the best time. Um, on Tuesday, we also did a two-hour live stream of torment. Tides of Numeria, which we have played for uh, obviously for two hours, but Jez, I think you have played it for considerably longer than that. Why don't you give us your thoughts? Um, I kind of went. I was. Uh, I reviewed it for Windows Central, and um, I kind of went into it with the wrong mindset. Um, I was because I didn't play Planescape Torment, which is the game's sort of spiritual prequel. Um, and I went I went into uh, Torment thinking that it would be like Wasteland 2, very sort of um, combat heavy, but it's actually more like uh, an interactive adventure game where it's sort of like very, very, very story driven where um, it's still an RPG though, where you can like, you can build up your character and get loot and weapons and stuff like that. And also there is combat, but building up your character's ability to manage situations by talking or manipulating your way through situations is a completely valid strategy as well. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think it is possible to play at least most of the game without actually having any battles. So you can sort of play it almost like a a text-based adventure game, sort of. Yeah. Um, There is a lot of text. There is a lot of text. There's a lot of reading. Um, uh, it's like I, I outlined in my review. Like, if you if you particularly hate reading, it's probably <laughs> not the game for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, Jack, you had one. Uh, following up on your point, I think you only had one battle in your two yeah, hours. Yeah, we did. So we had the initial battle when you're building up your characters, kind of a tutorial battle when you're trying to get to the, let's say, main world. Um, but that was it throughout. Um, yeah. And we played, that- yeah, for two hours, I think we got to the, uh, the second area. We probably just walked around talking to everybody at that point. But that That is potentially the only battle you'll get for about 20 hours. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I uh, I skipped, because like, there's, there's an opportunity to have a battle right at the start, mm-hmm. but I'm, I talked my way out of that, and then and after that, I spent about 30 hours... Or twenty ish hours just doing quests and and which were all text based. There was no no conv- uh, no battles whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, 
like I, I got I got I got to the point where I'd left I could leave the first city and um some sort of consequences of of uh, previous decisions I made came back to haunt me and some guys wanted to attack me and it like gave me all these options like you know intimidate persuade deceive blah 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 and one of them was attacking I was like yes attack him finally <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just desperate to kill something so <laughs> um uh so that was the first battle I had in like 25 hours of playing. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Did you free the octopus? I remember <laughs> we had a hashtag, we had a hashtag yeah. going on uh, throughout our entire beam stream uh, I, I for did, free the octopus. I, I did free the octopus and then I tried to kill the octopus. But it, oh, okay. it horribly killed my whole party. So I decided to oh. reload a save and not free the octopus. <laughs> and, um, so there's another battle you can have. There's just, there's just like we... I haven't played a game that really truly had consequences for your actions. Um, there there are so many different paths to take. Like it's it's almost like hard to quantify how many um, decisions and little like sometimes you don't even realize like how your decisions can affect things because of the the whole tide system. So, like, right. um, Tides of Numenera has this thing called um, uh, the tide system where, like, your decisions sort of um, shift your tides, sort of, and it's, so, it's quite nuanced. It's kind of like red is obviously, like, sort of like your renegade mass effect option, but there's also, like, gold, silver, indigo. Like, there's a whole range of colours for the different tides, and the, um, you sort of... The, the choices you make, and often there can be like 10 different choices um, to deal with any sort of situation or to respond to any sort of conversation, it shifts your tides and um, uh, the players will sort of, um, NPCs will sort of react differently to you based on how dominant your tides are. So like they sort right. of get a sense of you that you're maybe a bit of a jerk, you know, that can just sort of tell and they might treat you differently because of that. Um, it's so it's really hard to put into words how, how, Deep. how like, yeah, how big and divergent the, yeah. the system is. So if you are the kind of person who really enjoys your decisions to have an effect on the game and really sort of change the outcome of the story, Tizen and Monero is a vital purchase. Like it, mm. like for, I was so disappointed with Fallout 4 and how it had like all these four dialogue options that resulted in the same thing every time. Yeah. Hated that so bad. If you hated that as much as me, Tides of Numenera <laughs> is just a breath of fresh air, but it is very text heavy. Okay, yeah, so I noticed, I mean, when Jack was playing it, I saw one of the, the 10 op- I've never seen a game which gives you 10 options of some something <laughs> yeah. to respond in the conversation. Some we even had more. We had, I think we saw 15 upward as well. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so um, you've you've put it, clearly put in a lot of time. How, how close are you to finishing it, do you think? My God, probably nowhere near, to be honest. I mean, I played it for about. 40 hours before reviewing it and I you know I just thought like I've got enough to sort of tell people whether they should buy it or not but you know it's it's such a huge game I'm still sort of plugging through I actually started over after I finished the review I decided to start over again and do the sort of like um do things better I think um because I was I was rushing a bit because I wanted to like see as much of the game as I could to like have a good enough impression of it to write the review. And um, I made some sort of rash decisions like and 
and my tides were all over the place. I kind of wanted to focus on red tides, maybe, because um, I always play the Renegade games. Uh, I don't know. It's just, just the thing. And, um, so it's a definite recommendation from you. Yeah, well, with cav- it's a recommendation with caveats, you know, because it is very text heavy, and I think people who, if if you want instant gratification from combat, yeah. it's probably not the game for you. Um, it's a very sort of, uh, it's a very involved game where you have to sort of, because like it describes situations in text which would otherwise be delivered in animations or cutscenes sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's a very sort of old school RPG sort of game. But if you're a fan of like Brian Fargo games like Fallout One and Two and and Wasteland and Wasteland Two, um, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. But this was a game that was kickstarted um, yeah. specifically for fans of Planescape Torment. So it already has its audience, and it it was funded and designed by that audience. So it might not be a game for everyone, but you know if you do like your decisions to matter and you like uh if you like story-based adventure games like life is strange and you do yeah. like reading books <laughs> then <laughs> torment is a definite purchase i would say okay cool excellent um jack yeah pixel story yeah so this was yet another id title and it was a it was a platformer at heart i think um, some yeah, kind of sure. puzzles as you were playing through um, but one of the core um, parts of the game was as you played the it, it got became more detailed the environments and the characters but yeah it was a, like a trip through time of graphics yeah, almost wasn't it, was, it so each level got more um, fidelity more fidelity than the previous one graphically which is a quite a cool f- little concept yeah. I think yeah and, so it um, started very 8 bit and it grew Gradually more 16-bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's quite cool. And um, it's supposed to be a little bit of a, I suppose, a, not a, a play on old-school video games and kind of it takes a more of a dive into like what happens behind the scenes. Like the opening cutscene was like the memory couldn't be allocated. So yeah. something happened and a hat got stolen. Then the hat yeah, it was quite to, surreal in yeah. places. A lot and, of seagulls. <laughs> yeah, so the first level was just kind of jumping about as normal, progress from left to right. After you finish that um, and do get the hat back, uh, you can then start saving and loading your positions on the screen, which was a really cool mechanic. Mm. Um, so you push X to take the hat off, and that drops it on the screen, and then you push X again, and that teleports you back to it. Yeah, so with um, many of the levels had like moving platforms, so you needed to use that mechanic so that you could drop your hat on a platform um and then that platform would move somewhere and you could teleport to it and get close to another platform and do the same thing again. But it worked really well. Mm-hmm. It was quite tricky though, wasn't it? It took us a few goes quite a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, some of it's very tricky. Um, but it played uh, very much, well, it reminded me of Guacamole in terms of the structure of it. So it's kind of a big open world, I say open world levels, kind of you can do, can get to various places and do different things, but they're, NPCs you can interact with to pick up quests as well, which are kind of outside the main storyline as such. Um, but you can, it'll be like, go and collect an apple for me or um, <laughs> get some coins. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, quite but, simple quests. They? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it reminded me of Guacamole because of that, really. Um, yeah, it was quite a big 
just playing area. Fighting system. Yeah, it was good though. Uh, big levels. I think we only got through two, didn't we? Yeah, we only popped uh, three achievements for 50 Gs. Uh, but that game looks pretty hefty. If you like your platform plazas, I'd recommend it. Uh, moving on to something that I might not recommend um, that you played yesterday <laughs> was We Are the Dwarves. Yeah. Which has one of the lowest scores on our reviews for a long time. Long time. Um, however, if you want achievements, and you could see through that, you managed to get nearly 500 gamer score in uh, in your hour yesterday, which is pretty staggering. Yeah. So I got 5 out of 10 achievements, which isn't too bad. All the achievements themselves, so a lot of developers use them to kind of... Uh, it's uh, There's some progression to them, so you'll play through the story and you'll get a couple as you go through. Or it'll highlight a different mechanic or something different you can do. Or maybe try and make you play in a different way. These were just all kill this enemy five times, kill this enemy ten times, kill this enemy mm. twenty times. So very, very inspired. No, it didn't feel very inspired, but um, it also felt so. The game itself, you play a dwarf, or actually a couple of dwarfs, as it suggests for title. We are the dwarves. Yeah. Um, so there are three of them, and you're kind of jumping between their stories. But um, the main guy I was playing as, as spaceships crash landed, and you've got to work your way into an area, go and check on five parts of a fallen spaceship. Then you work your way into the next area, and it's very much you're in a distinct area. You kill all the enemies, move on to the next area, rinse and repeat. Um, yeah, it's weird. We should mention, like, so when you... When I hear a game that is called We Are the Dwarves, I assume it's set in a sort of mm-hmm. old school, um, sort of Mordor style world. But you're actually, you've got a shotgun, <laughs> which yeah. is unusual in a dwarf game. <laughs> Your main weapon was a shotgun and you're, you've crash landed. Yes, yeah, so it's so, like space so. dwarves, really. Yeah, space dwarves. <laughs> but they sp- should have called it that. That's a much better title. <laughs> Some of the dwarves mechanics just felt a bit weird. So. You had actions attached to the face button, so A, X, and Y, and B. And you could pause the game with the left trigger by tapping it, and then queue up actions, which would happen when you unpaused the game. But happened sometimes. I couldn't seem to get the mechanic down to a T. Yeah, the controls were one of the main complaints from our review. Um, Um, To rotate the camera, you had to hold the left trigger. (laughs) Then you so if you tap it, you pause, and if you hold it, you rotate the camera. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's one point I hit where a large enemy dropped down, um, kind of from the sky, and I was on a ledge, and I couldn't seemingly do anything. I couldn't walk off the ledge or drop off the ledge. What I had to do was face the enemy and shoot him with a shotgun, so my character got some kickback and knocked himself off the ledge. <laughs> and that just That's... felt... It was kind of intuitive when I did it, but it, it was annoying because it took a, like three or four attempts and there was a loading screen between to get back to that point and a little bit of walking and yeah. So um, slightly odd game, uh, odd but game. the achievements come quick and fast. Definitely recommended if you want achievements uh, and you can see through the game. I don't think you'd have to play all of the game to get all of the achievements as well. That sounds bad. Okay. But if you just <laughs> well, if you want to know more about the game, read the reviews up yeah. on the site. Um, Dave, talking about games that are quick gamer score. Yes. You've played a few of them this week. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know how to pronounce Is it ACA or ACA? I don't yeah, know. I'd go with ACA, Neo Geo. Neo Geo. <laughs> um, 
games that haven't particularly aged very well <laughs> with controls that haven't really aged very well. <laughs> it, it just um, I, the first one I played, I played, I played Metal Slug last night. That was okay. I know, I, know, <laughs> wow. I know there's quite a lot of fans. It's just like um, it's like a twin stick shooter, but they forgot to put in the twin stick elements. Everything's on one stick. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit weird. Um, you use the right bumper is like your fire button. So I was scared I was going to break my elite controller because I'm smashing it that much. Um, and they basically, I think how many games are out now? Is the five or four or five? There's uh, Jack, like, Jack knows four or five, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot on the PlayStation. They're, I think they're all going to be coming over. They've all got exactly the same achievement list for scoring X amount of points. Um, but I think they're cheapish. They're about seven quid. If you want game score, get it. If you want a good game, don't get it. I'd say seven quid's quite pricey for what yeah. this is. I, would say. I think it's one of these things you remember it. If you've played it in the past, you see it through rose tinted glasses, don't you? It's always yeah, exactly. going to be better. Like, it's like, probably uh, best left that way. Popular game as a shoot 'em up type thing, but I didn't particularly enjoy it. And the other one was World Heroes, which I knew nothing about, and it was like a fighting game that was same controls that are equally wonky and don't really work. And it's got a really weird mechanic. There's, if you press like the, I don't know what it's called on the Xbox controller, like the, what used to be the select button on the 360 book controller. Mm-hmm. The menu button, isn't it? It yeah. puts you in like a pause menu that you can't back out of. So say you're mid-game and press that, it just pauses the game and your option is return to the like the menu again, like the, the main <laughs> game menu. So nice. yesterday there's an achievement for getting like 150,000. <laughs> And because it, the buttons are a little bit weird, I'm just pressing because sometimes I was pressing stuff because I didn't really know what the buttons are. There's not, I didn't see any. There's nothing to tell you what the buttons are. It's like so Dave. I tried, <laughs> I tried pressing it to see if maybe I could get the the menu, the fighting game. One of them, one of the guys said, just throw this person repeatedly, and that's the easiest way to win. So I went, I pressed it by accident, and I was right near the score. And it, yeah, oh, the only no. option is to return to the menu. It's like, what is this crap? <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So, not recommended. Um, talking of fighting games, though, you have been playing more of For Honor. Yeah. I'm, which is I, not a terrible game with terrible controls. No, I, I'm so addicted to it. Like, I, I, I know none of you have played it. Have you played it, Jess? Yes, I have. Um, I played it quite a bit, but um, in Germany, I had a very strange router. And because of that, the peer-to-peer connection never worked properly. So I was getting disconnected right. even in the campaign, which made me very, very angry. <laughs> yeah, so the, um, the as a result... The connection issues are bad. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't given it the attention that it probably deserves, but at the same time, why isn't it dedicated servers? Seriously. Yeah, that, that, was, that was probably the weirdest decision they made, I think. Yeah, it's 2017, guys. Yeah. <laughs> very rich company... Not yeah. dedicated servers in a fighting game. Sort it out, boys. That that's kind. Of, if I was going to review that, that would be the whole review. Um, <laughs> okay, our review has just gone up. It's slightly longer than that, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm sure that is mentioned in it. Yeah, uh, but you generally love it, don't you, Dave? Yeah, I'm so. I, I, it's really addictive because it's it's like I'm not really into fighting games. You like Street Fighter and thing. I never bothered to put the time in, you know, to learn the combos and stuff. 
but this has got probably like a limited selection of combos but it's it when i first saw it i thought it was going to be like rise and you just go in and hack and slash your way through and just button mashing whereas it's not there's a lot of uh you've got to kind of read your opponent as you're fighting i've seen some people in our in the review commenting saying it's like playing rock paper paper scissors kind of okay. i guess it is a little bit but if you add extra options to beside that as well because you can <laughs> You, there's all these like unbreakable attacks that people throw, and the only really annoying thing for me is there's a couple of characters who've got long range weapons, and if you use like a light attack, it doesn't take much stamina off you, and they'll just go light attack, light attack, light attack, light attack repeatedly, and you can't get near them, and it's like right. you feel like they're kind of cheating it a bit. But if you get your revenge on them, it's good. Chop the red off at some point if you can catch them, and it's oh, the world is right again. But yeah, I love it. I, I, if you like. It looks like it's going to be like a, an ad, like an ad, action adventure type game, but it's not basically a fighter. But it's really good. Okay, cool. Reviews up on the site now. Check it out for more info. Um, it is GTA C week still, or oh, we're still in it. Um, incredibly, and we're now in March. Um, it is a bonus week which involves earning double the achievements we earned as a team last week, and. <sighs> That is actually harder than you think because uh, one of our teammates went off on a crazy bender last week and scored <laughs> like 200 achievements. So we need to get nearly 500 between us this week. But fortunately, there's a game that we've all discovered is very cheap called Turn On <laughs> and dishes out achievements like there's no tomorrow. Uh, you can get 82 achievements in around four hours uh, for your 1,000 G. So uh, I've been playing that. It is a... Oh, I don't even know. Here begins. You control like a, a bolt of electricity that's moving around um, electric cables mm-hmm. in a town. <laughs> it's a very strange concept. <laughs> but you have to turn all the lights on um, and you can sort of jump and hop between the different cables and the okay. different things. And there's sort of a story playing out along the bottom. There's like quite a lot of like hooligans that are trying to smash up the town. And if you light areas, they run off and stuff uh, but it's basically um it's, it feels like a mobile game each level you can get a maximum of three stars mm-hmm. or light bulbs actually um for doing for doing things uh well and collecting all the collectibles on the on that level uh but as i say it dishes out achievements um very very quickly i got 36 in about an hour <clears throat> for 420 g's but i think we're all going to be playing that because we need to get up to our 500 um i've also played a bit of polychromatic which we mentioned briefly last week dave yes You've completed it. I have. I don't so, know how you did this because we spoke about it before and you were like, quite like, oh yeah, it's okay, no problem, got stuff. And both Jack and I played it this week and we really struggled. It's a twin stick shooter with a very simple graphical style, but it is really fun. Well, it's really addictive, exactly yeah. as you said. It makes you want to, because the games are over so fast, it makes you want to just start it up again. Yeah, uh, straight away and try for more. But it's like the the high scores are. I mean, some of the achievements there, the high scores. I'm nowhere near. Like literally miles short of. So I don't know how you've done it. I'm impressed. Bow down. I could. I think there was, I was. I had three left last week when we spoke about it. Managed to get one, and it's one of them where do you know I've I've left it and then gone back, and do you know when mm. something just clicks, yeah, <laughs> and it works, yeah. But like yep. them ones for playing, like the last two that I needed, there was one for getting to wave thirty. That takes about twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. So even though the games are over really quick, if you die, then you start all over again. You got to build yourself back up. So, so I kept yeah. getting close. And the last one I needed, you, you get like a, an, an extra life every three levels, or three yes. waves, and I, you have to get nine lives built. Nine lives. So yeah. you need to get to wave eighteen, and I kept getting to sixteen and seventeen and dying, and then starting again. 
And I thought, right, I'm going to give it one last shot before I smash it. Because <laughs> it was too mad in by that point. I was about to throw my controller through the screen, and I, I, luckily I got it and then deleted it off my hard drive. Oh, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. Ta-da. Okay, well, hopefully Jack and I will one day get to that level of uh, skill in polychromatic. Um, I should mention I've played through Her Majesty's Spiffing. Um, it's a very quick and easy thousand gamer score, but I mucked up one of the puzzles early on. I was using a guide, but I wasn't following it religiously. And uh, I ended up using the fairy liquid as I <laughs> tweeted out on Twitter and people were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I used, I used the fairy liquid on the hatch. Uh, which I shouldn't have done because you need the fairy liquid at the end yeah. to uh, unlock another achievement, which I which I got to the end and I was like, oh no, I haven't got the fairy liquid because I used it on the hatch, which is words that I never thought I'd say. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I basically had to replay the game again, uh, which is fine because it literally doesn't take more than an hour to play the whole thing. Uh, it's a quality game though. The comedy is perfectly pitched if you are... I'm not sure it would be if you're not English because there's quite a few English... Mm-hmm. anglicised jokes like about autoglass and probably companies that don't exist in other parts of the world uh, lots of tea based humour but yeah I really enjoyed that game I also started Project Cards which is this month's or last month's game of gold now we're it dipped into March it might still resistant. be available yeah, yeah um, I've played maybe 20 races but I didn't realise but initially the start of the game all you can play is go-karts which handle accurately but I'm not sure go-kart racing is ever Something that people particularly want to play on their consoles. I don't know any other go kart games. Project go karts, Vengars. Exactly. It's a bit twitchy. Obviously, you break and the thing just stops. I think they, <laughs> um, they had go karts in Gran Turismo, didn't they? On the PlayStation. So I wonder don't, if they're all made. I remember being forced trains, to play them. Uh, I don't think you were forced to play them, though, no. Okay. I think it was a choice. Well, the start of the career, you are literally just in So go-karts. you're working your way up from kind of underdog to... Yeah, you need to get a contract with a proper car manufacturer. But it's you know it's quite weird, because the handling's actually really... If I don't know whether you've ever been go-karting, but if you're, if you're driving fast and you come to a corner and you, you've not quite got it right, the car will jolt, like, properly shakes mm-hmm. and as it's skidding along because of the rubber on the track. And it has it make, it feels exactly right as you're going around corners and if you've misjudged them uh it's pretty cool but I, it's just not massively fun go-karts are not fun to drive really so i'm hoping that i'll graduate to a, maybe i'll graduate to like a scooter or something and then a moped six years i'll be able to drive a formula one car or something. um but that game's okay i'm gonna put more time into it i think that's it for what we've been playing Jack's played a load of rubbish, but I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, no, no, don't talk about it. Let's move on to site news. So we have updated our Xbox Store integration uh, with a load more functionality, including um, revamped news stories. Mm -hmm. You can now set price alerts on the site, even if you haven't got an account, uh, which presumably most people listening to this podcast will have. Um, But yeah, it's working nicely. We've released uh, more lists of free content, so all of that stuff's... Uh, sitting on the site in nice places and the, the integration is going well. Our store article for the Xbox One sales went up four hours before Major Nelson announced them, I think, on Monday, which is pretty sweet. So, uh, yeah, that's all going very well. And look for more streamlining of that as we move forward. Dave, regular news. It's been GDC week and some interesting stuff's come out. Yeah, so obviously the the big one that was... It seems to come out of nowhere. Although it didn't actually. Cause did you get an email about having? It might have been delayed a week actually because you got asked didn't you, if you were on the preview program by yes the PR and then it didn't happen. So anyway, Xbox Game Pass is coming this spring. Um, 
from reading through it, it's and having a little play, it's basically like EA Access, but like through the Xbox's own version with multiple uh, publishers involved in it. Uh, if you're in the alpha test, like the preview thing, you can get it now. There's a, a small selection. I, I don't know. There's about 30 games, I guess. Mm. At the moment, I couldn't actually get it to load that section. <laughs> you oh, said it, it was there, and I clicked it, and it kept failing. I was like, oh. I've had, a, I've had a play with it. It is you've got like a, there's a new uh, in the settings. I think it is there's a new like memberships area. Yeah. You go to that and you get on like your EA access area. It's got all the games there that you can do. And then the same for this new Xbox Game Pass. But really impressed with it. Like it, it seems to come out of nowhere. It's nine dollars ninety nine a month or eight pound UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when it launches properly, it will have a hundred games yeah. plus uh, in the spring. Which is pretty exciting. So, Jez, what do you think about this? This was the big story of the week. Uh, I didn't see it coming. Did you have any inkling this was this was happening? Um, Microsoft PR sent us an email a week prior saying there was going to be a new program announced. Yes. Yeah. And if we wanted to be in the alpha ring to test it, um, my the the fact that it was all hush hush made me feel like it was going to be a consumer facing program, and uh, clearly it is. Um, I think it's a it's a logical progression, isn't it? I mean, uh, with um, Microsoft's sort of cloud-first ethos and also sort of play-anywhere ideology, the, the long-term future of console gaming and Xbox gaming and probably PlayStation gaming as well is going to be... I mean, global internet speeds aren't there yet, but the, the long-term future of gaming is going to be streamed... F- from servers it's just the way it's going to be um where the the games run remotely and then on on more powerful hardware and you can stream them to any device and obviously this kind of system is a building block for that um obviously in the short term it's not going to do that it's going to give you a netflix like all you can yeah. do sort of thing um yeah netflix is a good good analogy actually i think yeah uh, i mean there was a time when internet speeds weren't fast enough to power something like netflix either um but obviously we're there now but in the future the internet global internet speeds will be fast enough to power power streaming games so the only logical progression of that is to have a netflix like service where you can you know have games a la carte i suppose you could call it um so that's that's the way I think of it is that it's a it's a stepping stone towards that, and also the beam acquisition is a stepping stone towards that because the yep. la- the latency of beam uh, streaming is so low that you've got to expect that that's going to be the vehicle for receiving the video feed of a cloud streamed game eventually. So the, the it's sort of like we should point a, out that this isn't actually streaming. This is downloading these games to your machine. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft were very clear on that point because um, when they even said, it even says in their FAQ, one of the things that their focus testing groups were saying, like, um, the thing we don't like about streaming services is obviously the latency, and when you're uploading your inputs, it makes, you know, it takes a while for it to register and then download the input, the input video stream back to you, and in games like, you know, reactive shooters, that can be a big problem. might be fine for yeah, Tides of Numenera. Sure. 
No. <laughs> yes, I think that'd be fine. I'll just send you the book. Yeah, but uh, uh, so it's far I think this is games. interesting. So the skepticism in our comments came from what are the games going to be like? And there was a few people that were unhappy that games would be rotated out of this. But I'm guessing that when they do that, so they've, they've said that they'll they'll bring new stuff in, but they'll rotate older stuff out. Um, yeah. I'm guessing they'll give you a heads up. Um, Phil Spencer actually clarified some of this. I know we're going to talk about it. Oh, okay. So he was on IGN's podcast Unlocked, and that was one of the questions they asked him. And he basically said they've put it in because he can't control what other publishers are going to do or not with it. So he's imagining that you might get like a handful of games, like a couple, and removed one month or something like that. And oh, okay. He's not expecting that there's going to be vast withdrawals, like 50% of it is suddenly removed. It's not there to be like a, a fancy trial of a game that you're paying for. Yes. It, okay. It's just because he can't force publishers to put the game in and keep it there forever, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's going to come, there's going to be a section that, that says leaving soon if a game is. Yeah. The game is preparing to be removed from the pool. Okay. It will notify people. And also, um, one of the things that developers do have to adhere to is that if they do put their game onto the Game Pass, then Game Pass subscribers will get an exclusive 20% discount if they want to buy that game to own it permanently if it yeah. is okay. going to leave the pool. So um, that could be like a really good discount for some people. And also, you gotta. some of the people who are annoyed about this need to remember that it's not it's not aimed at everyone. Like yeah. no, I've got. It's not aimed at us, I would say. Yeah, I've got three hundred game licenses. Um, I don't need this, but for someone who can't cash flow that, like especially younger gamers, like this is ideal for like younger siblings and cousins and stuff like that, who maybe they get, you know, twenty pound pocket money a month. They could spend some of it on a game pass and have access to a wider range, wide array of games. Sure, it might not be the latest games, but there's so many games out there that a lot of content. Yeah, and it's quality. A lot of it's quality content. Like even in the the trial pool, you've got Sunset Overdrive in there. You've got Gears yeah. of War Ultimate Edition in there. So, and you've got to expect that Microsoft will keep their first party games in there for longer than um, yeah, yes. third party studios. And um, there just comes a point in a game's life, and and this is this is true for music as well, and it's true for movies and it's true for tv shows there comes a point where people stop buying them and where it becomes more cost effective to get the royalties from a streaming service so like especially on like you know older games and older music and older movies putting putting your music on spotify might be just a really cost effective way of siphoning a bit of extra cash from the royalties paid it's it's guaranteed money for people yeah. who who are part of that streaming service, so um, it should be a win-win-win for everyone involved, and um, you know, it's a, it's also a good way to, like I know Phil Spencer said he didn't want it to be a fancy trial, but we are seeing more of these sort of uh, free play weekends, like Battlefield One yes. is coming up this weekend, uh, yeah. where you get to play the game for free to test it out, which is kind of like a fancy trial, so. Um, developers could put their games in there for a month to to get people sucked into them, especially these ecosystem-based games like 
Overwatch and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, these games as a service, they could put them in there to give people a, a taste, like a really good taste, and get them hooked on it. And then they end up going and buying them with the discount. So I think it is a really good thing, a really, really good thing. And people need to remember that it's not necessarily aimed at everyone. No, I don't think it's, it's generally aimed at even existing Xbox owners. I, I would imagine the key demographic for this is people on, with PlayStations that are thinking, oh, I could grab an X, Xbox One S for you know, 100 or 200 pounds, and I can have for eight pounds a month 100 games straight off the bat. I've got none now, I can have 100 tomorrow. I mean, that's yeah. pretty sweet. That's a, that's a great op- proposition. And you've if, got to imagine they'll, they'll do bundles with this, with, the, with this, yeah, quite yeah. exactly. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't see any downside to this at all. Yeah, I think we've had some negative comments in the in the uh, forum, but generally it's been pretty positive about this. T, I, I think I TA members in general are just so extreme compared to the average gamer who might buy COD and FIFA. Yeah, and that's it. Each year that'll be the the staple that they play repeatedly throughout the year. So. Yeah, and it's also going to give exposure to games for games that probably don't have you know they have limited audiences but if they're included in this then they might get a chance to get a much larger player base if they do decide to bring out a sequel yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and other things like that i mean it's it's, i can't i literally can't see any downside okay i what i reckon we should do to help those people that are buying game pass and an xbox for the first time is we should make a page on the site which lists all the hundred games or however many there are um, we show the community average community rating. We show the estimated completion times, if there's any unobtainable achievements. Mm-hmm. All that jazz. We could have that in a single nice page for people to help them yeah. with their decision. Excellent. So that is Games Pass. Let us know your thoughts. Um, and let's move on to the rest of the news, Dave. Okay, just a quick couple of quick reminders. Uh, a King's Tale Final Fantasy Fifteen is now available for free. Is that forever, or is that a limited thing? I think it's forever. It was previously like a pre-order bonus. Yes. But now it is... You'd be quite annoyed with that, wouldn't you, if you pre-ordered it? People were selling codes and buying them on eBay for, like, ridiculous prices. <laughs> or, like, a million pounds, or, like, 1p. Not that ridiculous, but, like, above, like, the probably the Final Fantasy game price. Really? Because it and was... they let it go for free. They thought they it was free. rare. Do you know what I mean? They thought it wasn't... <laughs> so, Interesting. So people were trying to snap it up, but, yeah, it's free for everybody now. So jump on that, and then I obviously if it was, uh, Square Enix selling the codes on. Uh, <laughs> 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 and then obviously the now that we're in March, games with gold has changed. So you've now got Layers of Fear on the Xbox One until the end of the month, and Borderlands Two, which was such a good game on the 360, and obviously back compat. That is from March first to fifteenth, and then obviously as well, we've still got Project Cars until I think the fifteenth as well. Fifteenth, yeah. Cool. Grab those games, and then a pretty. This was pretty special, I think. Middle Earth: Shadow of War. It's the sequel to Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, which was such a good game. Great game. A um, couple of good things in this one. First of all, it's going to be a play anywhere title. Mm-hmm. So obviously, play it on your one. Are you Windows Ten? And it was the first game I've seen that specifically mentioned it's going to be available on Project Scorpio. Yes, which is interesting. So I think as well, they asked him on IGN podcast, they asked him about this and said, like, let's clear up the confusion. It is just going to be one game. It's not like there's going to be a Scorpio version and a one version. It's one game, but they're doing some things behind it. Apparently the, the developers aren't far from where Microsoft campus is in Seattle. So they've obviously been able to get in there and speak to him about it. And, and they're doing something, didn't say what, 
probably visual enhancements or something. I can um, I can explain the way this is going to work on Scorpio. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with UWP, developers can upload assets for 4K resolution, 4K textures, and that sort of thing, and and 1080p textures, 1080p resolution assets, blah blah blah, in the same package. Now, when you install the game on your hard drive, it will it will detect whether you're installing it on Scorpio or Xbox One, and it will give you the assets that are relevant to your hardware. Um, this works. This is similar to the way it works on PC. Um, so, like when you download when you download Resident Evil Seven on Windows Ten, you're not downloading a separate version. You're downloading the UWP version but you are receiving the version with the 4K assets. Uh-huh. So when Resident Evil 7 hits Scorpio, it will be the PC version with the 4K assets that you yeah. get. Um, okay. So this is this is presumably the way it's going to work for Shadow of Mordor. Um, so that's fine if it's digital, but if let's say you buy a disc, they're going to have to cram those 4K and regular assets onto the same disc, or would it be a day one patch for Scorpio effectively with those high-res assets in? Now, that's a good question that I hadn't really thought about. Um, Because that's what we thought. That was how we guessed it would work. That is is really interesting, actually. I don't know how this is going to work. Can can Blu-ray have enough space? I wonder if you get kind of a multiple-disc package with it, so you'd buy one copy of it, and it'd be... The first disc would be, like, what you need to install for the base game, and the second disc would be all the textures or whatever other jazz you need. I think they'll go digital with 4K textures. Yeah. Well, the thing thing is that would that would alienate people who don't have an internet connection. Yeah. Although Microsoft might have data to suggest that ninety-eight percent of Xbox users use internet yeah. connection, but um, obviously there are scenarios, there are times when you don't have an internet connection and stuff like that. And also, Microsoft seem they do seem committed to physical retail still. So it is going to be interesting to see the way this works. Um, we will find out in. Eight months yeah. or so. But that's the way it works on Windows 10 and Xbox One, at least. Um, I do have I do have a Scorpio document on my computer, which I have written about before, that details the way some of this stuff works. But it is all talking about the way it works on digital. There's nothing about how it works on retail, which is interesting. Okay. Okay, okay if you want to fire that document over, we'll, we'll uh, have a little look-see. <laughs> sure. <laughs> On sort of like a side note, we had our editorial manager on last week, and he's thinking that we're going to start seeing maybe not straight away, but in like a year or two, just um, exclusive games just for Scorpio. Nope. I disagree and think it's not going to happen like that. It's Where not do you lie with it? Definitely, hundred percent, thousand percent, not going to happen. Um, Microsoft are positioning Scorpio as a Xbox One family device. Um, so it's what it's what it's best to think of Scorpio Xbox One as is that Xbox One is a a lower powered PC gaming PC and Scorpio is a higher powered gaming PC. Um, UWP games, um, from my the information that I've got, the develop the default development method for Scorpio is UWP. So if developers want to make a game that tar- targets Scorpio. They have to use UWP to do it. Um, as such, that pretty much guarantees that the games that come out for Scorpio 
will also scale down for Xbox One. Um, the Scorpio dev kits, which are currently going out to developers right now, um, they have a setting that basically allows the Scorpio to mimic different types of hardware. So Scorpio is being positioned as the one-stop developer shop for all UWP development, whether you're making games on Windows 10 Store, whether you're making games on Xbox One, or whether you're making them on Scorpio. And the idea is that um, a developer will be able to have one single package that has the assets for all a whole range of PCs, so 1080p PCs, that got scale up to 4K and also Xbox One has to be the baseline for all developers. They have to make 1080p or 900p. I think it's 900p is the target and then scaling up to 4K. So you are never going to see a Scorpio exclusive ever unless it's VR. Obviously, Xbox One can't handle VR and maybe Microsoft will release some sort of PlayStation VR like add-on external GPU to enable that in the future, maybe. But at least for now, the only exclusives you will get on Scorpio will be VR related. I personally guarantee that. Whoa, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, so Phil Spencer did in his interview with IGN uh, mention VR. And he said that it's still an area of innovation and growth, but he still thinks Windows is the right place for it at the moment. However, he does want VR to appear on console, and they said uh, more when than if. So it looks like it's going to happen one day, um, and maybe I Scor- maybe Scorpio is the place. Maybe yeah. inventing new words now. Uh, maybe Scorpio is the place for that to happen. Uh, but we love our PlayStation VR, even though we haven't used it for a few months. Uh, but what we did, what we did use of it, we really enjoyed. <laughs> two days, <laughs> those two days when we played Headmaster nonstop. You have to, you have to look into this like. The first, the first major third-party game that supported UWP was Resident Evil Seven. Well, we had Call of Duty a few months ago, but you know mm. who cares about that? Um, <laughs> Resident Evil Seven obviously has its design for VR. So the for Microsoft to get Capcom so into the UWP ecosystem, you have to sort of assume that they are using Resident Evil Seven as a test bed for connecting those VR assets to the um, what Microsoft... It was formerly called Windows Holographic, but now it's called Windows Mixed Reality, I think, which is Microsoft's uh, virtual reality platform, and also Ho- HoloLens and Holograms HoloLens, and all, yeah. all that stuff. So um, the Microsoft VR dev kits, they're also going out now. Um, the, they revealed one at... Um, was it Mobile World Congress? No, yeah. that... Was it or GDC? I thought it was. I, I, I thought it was mobile, I, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So it's all sort of Mobile World Congress and GDC are sort of blending together in my yeah. head right now. But they, but the the first Acer headsets are going out to developers now. So um, you have to expect that Resident Evil Seven VR will appear on Scorpio and also um, E three last year they were talking about Fallout Four VR yeah. Um, yeah. as part of the Scorpio reveal. So um, there are games being developed for it yet, but. Windows Mixed Reality is a very immature platform right now, so I suppose that's why they're not committing to releasing it in 2017. Okay, but you think it's around the corner? Yeah, 20, 2018 is probably when you can expect to see VR, but 
Microsoft, I suppose they don't want to rush headfirst into it. They want to make sure they get it right first and that there's a decent amount of content, which is why they haven't released a consumer version of HoloLens yet, because they want there to be a decent amount of content there first before they start trying to get people to buy these things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I think that's where they're going with it. Uh, It was one of the things, actually, when PSVR launched, there was quite a broad variety of stuff to download on day one which i was quite surprised at um a lot of them were just experiences but there was it was a lot of them mm. you know it was sort of 30 plus different things to try out which was pretty cool that's the thing though as you say they're experienced for almost demos at that point and it oh they were yeah and but to be honest i'm not sure you want to sit there and play a vr game for eight hours non-stop anyway i suppose it's kind of teasing people into the realization of that maybe getting people adjusted to it and the mindset of yeah, it is, yeah, it's it is more a like bit it's of a, a test of normal the gaming for hardware sure. and a test of the users almost to see what they'll do with it. And yeah, cool. Okay, other bits that came out of the um, interview with Phil Spencer, he mentioned the reason for the change to Sunday uh, was more to do with the amount of stuff that they need to cram in uh, and the coverage that they want to get for it, which is fair enough. Um, and it's also going to be more about games than the hardware, which I think is. Something that I read and smiled. <laughs> that is exactly what we want to see. Um... <laughs> yeah, we're not going to ask any more questions about that. Uh, was there any... Oh, he mentioned about first-party games being cancelled. Um... That was quite interesting if you, if you watch it. I can tease something about this. Okay, tease. That when Microsoft starts announcing these true 4K games as in they are native 4K not checkerboarding not not any special scaling tricks it's not just first party games they're going to announce there's there is a decent selection of upcoming major third party games going to be announced true 4K as well so i think E3 is going to be if you are a 4, if you are a 4K enthusiast um I think you're going to be very happy, but I just want to add in there that I've always said this, that Scorpio can be 20 teraflops and have 8K resolution. I do think that games are more important than resolution. I've always thought that. Um, But if you, if you are really into resolution, then you're going to be very happy with E3. I don't know. They're probably going to announce new games as well. I'll throw that in there. But I know some of the big games that are going to be announced to True 4K. I'm just trying to get them verified before I actually start leaking them. Yeah, yeah. No, Otherwise, it's fake news. Yeah, <laughs> we don't do fake news here. Um, I think that's it from the interview that was of. They asked him specifically Matthew. about, you know, because he keeps referring to to Scorpio as a premium console. Oh yes, and people get worried. Is that does that mean it's going to be ridiculously expensive? Does what does it actually mean? And he said he's calling it that basically because he sees that the vast amount of people, the people who just walk into game or GameStop or whatever, and just want to pick up a console, are going to pick up the cheapest version that plays FIFA or whatever. So yep. he imagines that S is still going to be the best seller. But for sort of like us who uh, you know hardcore and keep up with the news and want the latest things he's calling it premium like like the elite controller is like a premium controller basically it's just oh god that means it's going to be four times the price of a regular he did say it's just (laughs) he he, he did say though it was quite cool he said like it is going to be the most powerful console you can get anywhere yeah so what do we think for price then jazz give us the inside track on the price (laughs) i would be very very surprised 
if it was more than four hundred forty nine dollars. Um, okay, I would be That's reasonable. I actually personally, I think this is my optimistic thought. I think it might be three ninety nine dollars. I would be extremely surprised if it was more than four forty nine. How much is okay. the PS4 Pro? Just like the Pro without all the VR stuff. I don't know. Okay, but is I'm it three nine nine dollars? Uh, PS4 Pro is currently three fifty pounds, but it's obviously been out for. That's about three nine. Yeah, I would imagine that it's going to be three fifty pounds in the UK. Yeah. The I think, Scorpio. I think the pricing is going to be really sharp. Uh, oh, I hope it is anyway. <laughs> I kind of yeah. feel like um, hyping up the whole price angle is probably going to be a thing where, like, they make people expect that it's going to be really expensive, yeah. and then yeah, no, that's and, and then they undercut what they put. Yeah, that yeah. would be an awesome thing to do. Actually, that's that's good thinking. Yeah, I would be surprised if it's actually like because some people have tweeted me saying, "Is this going to be seven hundred dollars? Is this going to be you know six hundred dollars?" No, <laughs> no, it's yeah. not. Uh, I think absolute absolute maximum four ninety nine, most yeah. realistic maximum four forty nine, and very very likely three ninety nine. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Cool, I'm liking those numbers. Yeah. I'm gonna get two. Yeah, so I, I, I was thinking <laughs> this morning actually, you know, like because I've got two Xbox Ones. Like, could I really get another four K TV and then get two Scorpios <laughs> in the budget? Well, th- this is this is the whole argument, isn't it? It's it's not really three ninety nine if you no, don't have a four K TV. Yeah, but, yeah. but some of the other information I'm trying to verify is benefits oh. for 1080p TV owners. Oh, he so, actually did. He did say that actually yesterday. That um, did he? Yeah, oh. he he kind of said that like it's if you got a 1080p. Sally, you're going to see benefits just because of the, the power is obviously better, so it's going to run uh, better. That pretty oh, much that verifies thing. my information then. Stay tuned <laughs> to WindowsCentral.com next week. <laughs> Definitely have a, have a watch of that Unlock podcast. It's about an hour long. Yeah, I think I think it's on iTunes and stuff as well, so you can listen to it. But it, it is, there's loads of little bits of snippets in there. Like They were talking to him about, obviously... Scalebound being cancelled and um, Fable Legends and closing Lionhead and stuff like that, and like I thought similar, but he kind of said, you know, we announce these games way too early and things get cancelled all the time, like that weird right. Halo blocks thing that that kind of appeared yeah. just before Christmas. So they're doing this all the time. They're making games. They're starting games. They're canceling games. And he and he said he's learned basically. He's learning on the job, really. Isn't he? Um, yeah. That they need to. Some games need to be announced early, like Sea of Thieves, where it's like you're going to need testing before and needs to be announced in advance. But a lot of stuff. They're going to. Do you guys? Back. Um, do you guys remember press play games? Yep. Um, do you do you remember when they were doing that sort of open development thing where they were polling people whether they wanted project. What was it? Project Walker, Project Knoxville, and Project uh, the other one. I can't remember what it was called. It's really funny because those three concepts that Project, that Press Play Games announced, that subsequently got cancelled by Microsoft, the dev team has now splintered off into three different studios, and now all of those games are being developed separately. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'd I think we like people. He was saying as well. It was quite funny to you know. Every year, people criticize him and say, you know, the the roster of games, exclusive games on the Xbox One, really limited. It's just Halo, Forza, Gears, Halo, Forza, Gears. So he said, now this year, there's no 
for, there's no Halo, there's no Gears. And then people are criticising him because there's not enough games. <laughs> but <laughs> he said he can't win either way, pretty much. But I, I'm, uh, I'm, pr- I'm certain there's going to be some big announcements in terms of first party. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be excellent. It's going to be exciting times. Okay, let's move on to some sad news, Dave. Yeah, I only put this in just because I knew you'd have shed a I tear. <laughs> uh, Micro Machines World Series, so it only got announced, what, like a, a month ago? And it was yeah. coming soon, and now it's been announced and it's been delayed until June. <laughs> so something so get my hopes up and knock them down straight away. <laughs> Something's gone on in that, in that two weeks since the announcement. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, oh, well. I can wait till June. We got, and we fortunately we have a clone coming out next Friday anyway. Yeah, tabletop racing's on the way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was originally April. It's now June, so still, it's not a disaster. No, I can handle that. Um, I've not jumped off the roof. <laughs> You're not hanging you noose around my neck. <laughs> Maybe it's to get those uh, 4K textures in for the Scorpio. It? Yeah, Scorpio exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um Battlefield 1, I think Jez mentioned before, that's got a uh, free weekend for gold members this weekend. If you haven't played it, definitely give it a go because it's such a good game. And you could probably you could probably complete the campaign in the weekend and play probably get the multiplayer achievements as well. Cause they're yeah, not, like, wow, it's only cool. a handful of multiplayer achievements so yeah, just for so leveling up the classes. So if, you, if you're free this weekend and you got, I don't know, 12 hours or so, you could probably get a fair way through finishing that game. And um, we should mention that does unlock achievements. Yeah. Yep. And then the last one, Madden NFL 17 is now in EA Access Vault. So I downloaded that last night, given my current Madden binge. <laughs> Obsessed with Madden. You know, funny story, do you know what? Last week I said that Madden 25, we couldn't do yes. the connectivity thing. So the preview update that I had on my Xbox One seemed to smash my NAT settings to bit. And then they've updated it, <laughs> and it painful. seems to be working now. So we managed to play some games last night. So the last achievement you need, you got to get, you got to win eight games in like the ultimate team. So I'm boosting it with somebody, got to seven, went to meet him in a match, and matched with a real person. Oh, uh, and my Madden skills are pretty limited, but I actually beat him. <laughs> and got oh. the achievement. <laughs> in, in terms of NFL, I won two nil. I managed to tackle him like in his own end zone and got a safety, so I got two points. <laughs> and then just, just knelt, that mean nothing to me. Knelt the ball in the for end zone three minutes after for safety. But yeah, did it. But yeah, well that's good. I hope you punched the air with delight. Yeah, and we whooped. Yeah, we were all cheering and did like a bit of a dab and everything. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of damning. Okay, excellent. Good stuff. Uh, that's it for regular news. Let's talk about. Um, just wanted to mention it briefly because mine's just arrived. Uh, Nintendo Switch is released today, and uh, it's fair to say that the launch title uh, Zelda: Breath of the Wild has done rather well in its reviews. It is currently uh, ninety-eight on Metacritic with about thirty odd reviews in, which is the I think pretty much the highest score I've ever seen. Uh, I'm. I'm might be uh, corrected on that, but um, I'm not as a, a person that doesn't really have any Nintendo history. I've played a little bit of Zelda, one of them. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was on the 3DS. Um, but I'm quite looking forward to this on a proper console. I think it could be could be a lot of fun. So we're going to try and stream that this afternoon if I can download it in time. Um, so you can see us playing on a Nintendo for the first time uh, in our Beam channel, which would be quite exciting. Uh, anyone else getting a Switch? No. Um, yeah. I 
Tumbleweed. Don't think so. <laughs> I'm quite excited looking at the Zelda review scores, but I think that's the only game I'd want to get on it, to be honest. So, and you've got one well, of I the think office. it's a pretty hefty so game. May as well just use yours for a <laughs> Yeah, mine's not staying in the office. Uh, no, no. But, um... well, I've just opened the box and the controllers, I mean, literally, I could... It's about a tenth of the size they of my tiny, phone. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. That is. It weird. might be better in play, in use. I think I might have to buy one of those arcade sticks. I think because this does not look. Or the uh, like uh, special elite. Well, I say elite controllers, but more controller. Controller for us. I think. Cool. Anyway, that should be a lot of fun. So I will let you know my thoughts on that next week. Okay, let's move on to back compat news, Jack. Yeah, so we had a couple of titles hit. Um, we've had the Dead Rising Case games hit, so that's Case Zero and Case West, and it's worth noting the Japanese versions of those are also available. Um, and Cars 2 and Meet for Robinsons, so two Disney games chucked in there. Or Pixar games, sorry. Is it Disney Pixar? It's a merge of uh, two. Yes. Yeah. Um, so quite a lot of... Uh, I think a lot of excitement around Dead Risings because the Japanese yeah. ones were quite difficult to get a hold of. And I think um, that'll open it up for more people to play those. Cool. Uh, questions from the mailbag? Yeah, got a few this week. Uh, this one's specifically for you, Mr. Stone. Um, okay. Gary oh. Snook, or Snook asked, was the True Achievement Game Attack created after the website or was it your original that you changed? And if so, what was the original? Uh, it was created post website. In fact, probably the same day that I actually registered the domain. I bought. I, I don't think you had to pay back then either. Maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I paid in Microsoft I points Microsoft back in the day points, when yeah. everyone bought things in Microsoft points. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my original tag was richs99, which I just sort of used for general things for all sorts of different things people are going to try and hack all my accounts now uh, <laughs> don't I should change that to something else it was Rich S 101 uh, originally 101 so, uh, yeah. the, uh, oh, 100 the Rich and uh, yeah I was quite I was really I remember being really depressed at the time that I'd bought the domain and then I couldn't get true achievements because it was a 15 character limit so I had to stick with True Achievement, but I was I was quite depressed. I actually thought about registering a different domain just so I could get it all in one tag. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, it was really annoying because I went through all the process and it's like, oh no, it doesn't fit. It was like, oh. Um, but I suppose it makes more sense that I have a different tag to the actual name of the site. Otherwise, that would probably be be slightly confusing uh, when discussing stuff. But good question. Thank you. Okay, uh, John Catatonic Nally, who was a guest. Visitor for yeah. our beam stream this week when we were doing Torment. Torment of Torment, yeah. He said, Do you ever listen to music or other podcasts while you're grinding or playing something where the sound isn't important? So I just want to say, Kane and Rin- Rince podcast, obviously. Nice. Pick <laughs> up the Kane and Rince boys. Um, I tend to listen to the radio. I, like In the few times I get a chance to play games, I'm quite often making the excuse that I'm going to watch the football. So I go upstairs and I put the football on the radio and then I play the game with the sound down at the same time. Um, so I can actually achieve two of my personal goals in one time. But generally, I leave the sound of the game on. I don't often want to be distracted. I, to be honest, I don't go for grindy achievements, full stop. So it's not really relevant to me. 
Um, Dave, you must ground a few things out in your time. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> and I listen to a ton of podcasts, really, but not sort of like traditional style podcasts. So uh, the main one that I probably listen to quite a lot while I'm working and things is the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What's that about? So Joe Rogan is is a. Uh, an American comedian. He also does like the commentary on the UFC, which is how I know him. But okay. his podcast really could cool. just get a. It could be anything from like a UFC fighter to some Egyptian archaeologist, uh, just the randomest people, and they just have a chat for three hours, and it could go anywhere. And sometimes it's really deep. Sometimes it's just ridiculous. Really enjoy that. It's just. <laughs> I think it's on YouTube mainly that that's on. And then there's a ton of YouTube podcasts like gaming related and Xbox related. Uh, I know Jez has been on loads of them. Um, varying different ones ranging from, you know, the the kind of discussing all gaming news, some just sort of like really kind of Xbox centric ones, just to kind of keep an eye on what's going on, really, to the things I might have missed out on. Fair enough. Jez, do you, do you grind? <laughs> Man, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't have yeah, time. No, I mean, uh, so no exactly. Like, I, I obviously, right. I used to play World of Warcraft, so I'm, I am familiar with grinding. But uh, nowadays, I just sort of I play games to review them and then move on. It's kind of depressing, actually. I, ha- <laughs> I, I have like this huge string of games that I just haven't completed, and it's it's really annoying. My my backlog is endless and completely unmanageable. So, yeah, I, I just we've we've all been there. Yeah, we're all living that, that any, same hell. Any it's podcast? The ulti- it's the ultimate first world problem, I think. Any yeah. podcast you recommend, like uh, maybe the one you do? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a podcast on um, on SoundCloud dot com forward slash Xbox Central. Uh, obviously, following on from Windows Central. Xbox Central podcast. Uh, we know we're near as professional as you guys, but we just, uh, <laughs> me and Matt just never been called that before. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back on. Well, you guys got show notes and you know, all this <laughs> high tech sound effects and all this stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes we uh, we just get together and talk games. Um, we do try to be weekly, but it's just so busy that yeah. we just kind of stretched that sometimes it slips. But also, um, some of the good podcasts on YouTube, um, I really like TXR podcast by uh, Randall Thor. He's got yep. a million game score. The guy's crazy. Um, and, Mac is uh, often on that as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, but Rand's a really great guy. And also, he's got his own channel. I think he might be starting his own podcast separate from TXR soon as well. So, that's one to follow. Um, also, Console Corner podcast uh, on YouTube. I give them a shout out because... Uh, they sort of like they set set up a studio in their garage. Um, wow! Really, really awesome, and they do like live podcasts on YouTube. So that's definitely one to check out as well. Um, yeah, those are the the main podcasts I'm really aware of. But again, I I don't really have time to get involved much, and and also they're both on a US specific time, I think. So they often go out like two in the morning in Europe. So um, if you want to catch those live. Probably not that great for Europeans, but, yeah. but cool. Yeah. And, oh, and uh, also the uh, Xbox Party Chat podcast, the official Reddit uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good one too. I was on that. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good podcast. I really like those guys. Mm. Yeah, they're good guys. Yeah. In fact, we're doing a little meetup at Res, so if anyone out there wants to 
meet up at res and have a beer with me and a couple of other p- people then do let us know uh, next one Dave uh, Dave Crow has since we learned nothing oh, oh hang on a minute <laughs> <laughs> Dave Crow's question is going to have to wait. Oh no, this was a really good question as well. <laughs> well, we can come back to it. Okay. You know what that sound means, guys? It means there's a code giveaway about to happen. Dave, what's the game? Uh, we're giving away Riptide GP Renegade. Something we've streamed Lovely a couple game. times. Really Great like game. it. So yep. the code for this is C J J J Q G seven V P W. Two three R seven two CJ nine MP KJ KRZ. So, Good luck to everyone. Tries to put that in. And if it's, it's a great game. Gone as soon as like the podcast goes up, then Jesse's now playing. Jesse's stolen. The code. <laughs> <laughs> it's play anywhere as well. It's a good game. I'm all ghost wrecking wildlands this weekend. No time. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, let's go back to Dave Crow's question because it was a good one. Yeah, so he said, since we learn Natalie Dharma is in Mass Effect's Andromeda, let's just take a moment to (laughs) (laughs) recap that fact one more time. (laughs) What other games would you like her to appear in? All of them. Yeah, that was my answer. Every game. (laughs) All the games. Barza, FIFA, Gears. Yeah. Anything. Everything. Riptide, We Are the Dwarves, <laughs> Vaccine. I'll take all of them. I'll take all of them. I'm hoping she's in Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Just a secret character that we didn't know about. Um, great, thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, there's another question. Yeah, guy, guy Incognito. Do you have any games that you love that are from genres you don't usually enjoy? Hmm. That is a great question. Uh Jez, do you what what are your genres that you normally enjoy? Um my my main genres are shooters and RPGs. Um if anyone anyone follows me on Twitter, they'll know that I I'm sort of anti racing games. <laughs> Ooh. I can't stand I hate off of my podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate I hate games that don't have guns and swords in and that I can't kill or at least run people. <laughs> so um uh so I tend to not like racing games that much. However, I do all sports games. I I don't like f- uh FIFA and football and and all that stuff. But I do like Rocket League, <laughs> which ah. combines sports and racing, which I don't usually yeah. like. So that that's um I suppose that's one Rocket game. League. I love from all quarters, I think. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very unique sort of game. Yeah. Very accessible. No, that's fair enough. Accessible. I was just going to chuck in um, Mass Effect, which I'll always mention as a, a fantastic game that from a genre I don't I don't get on with genre, uh, RPGs at all, as most people know. But um, I'm not even sure I can count Mass Effect as, a, as an RPG. It's a mix, as isn't it? Shooter. It's how you want to play it as well, I think. I yeah, I played it. I played it COD style. Uh, hammering those decision trees as fast <laughs> as I possibly could. <laughs> um, Dave, well, is there anything that you've you've liked? Probably the only one that springs to mind is I really enjoyed Fable Two. Okay, which I suppose it is an RPG light. I guess it's not like a deep RPG. But considering yeah. that I don't get on with RPGs like you, that was that was a bit surprising. 
I was just going to mention Shadows of Mordor as well because I wouldn't normally play a sort of uh, fantasy sword swinging game. But I absolutely love that game, and that's sort of RPG ish, I suppose, mm-hmm. and fantasy and all that jazz. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Um, nothing honestly springs to mind. Um, just stick to Bioshock. Jack's a yeah, lover of just all, stick to all the regional variants of Bioshock. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, I'm not a big fan of shoot 'em ups, but I quite like Geometry Wars. That was a good yes. one. You quite um, enjoyed Blast the other day when we played that. Yeah, yeah, that's quite good. Um, yeah, the Ghost Blast and Polychromatics, okay as well. I just need more practice on it. Yeah, so. they're hard. But that's the problem. Okay, Dave, final question. Question of the week. Whoop, whoop. Da, da, da. From we need a sound effect for that. <laughs> we need more sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joel Carter. She asks, are there any non? discontinued unobtainable achievements that no one has earned yet in released games what's a great question which made us go and delve into our database as we love to do on a, when we get a good question like this so yes the answer is yes and it's probably more, a lot more than you'd actually think as well there was over 500 that we found um so i'm just going to pick on a few of the ones that have the most people playing the game so just to recap the question is are there non-discontinued unobtainable i.e achievements you can get um in games that have been out for a while uh, that no one has yet got. And the first one, the top one, based on the number of gamers that have played the game, is the billionaire achievement in Prominence Poker, which is for reaching one billion bankroll. No one on this planet has earned that. That game's been out been out for nine months, and there's over 28,000 people that have played it. it. It's worth knowing it was a free-to-play game as well, and it was microtransaction yep. to hell. Oh. Um, yeah, so like, can you actually you can, you pay can, yeah, you money can pay to, to, to get, get one that. billion bankroll? But I think it equates to about forty-seven thousand dollars. That's a lot to be <laughs> yeah. the first person so you, to get that. You can pay you that, or you can play it for I think ten years. <laughs> you know, at which point it might not exist as a service anymore, or I'm not too oh, sure. Man. I'm tempted. Can someone lend me forty-seven thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the ratio. What's the ratio? That That'd be one for the GTSC, wouldn't it? If you've only got that achievement left, you need to push it over. Oh, it's a fifty gamer score one as well, so it's going to be worth a fair odd amount of TA when someone finally pops that in ten years' time or, or shells yeah. out the cash. Um, also, there's a couple in For Honor, Dave. Uh, they're you know not going to be available for another eight weeks or so. Okay. Uh, a big thing surrounding the whole game called the faction war, and you're basically placing like at the end of every game, you place like imaginary soldiers and defend or attack a front. And mm-hmm. one achievement you got to complete a full season, which is ten weeks, and then okay. that that season is split up into five rounds, and ones for placing it in five different rounds. So it's not; it's just going to take a bit of commitment. To people going back, but it will. Okay, so there's another one that's time-locked, effectively, which is um, a long-term commitment in Halo Wars 2. Mm -hmm. Halo Wars 2 only came out uh, two weeks ago, properly. And you need to complete at least one weekly challenge each week for a month to unlock that. So no one's obviously done that yet, because it's not been out a month. Uh, There's a couple in Star Trek Online Mm -hmm. for completing the Iconian War story and uh, discovering all the Solane Dyson Sphere lore. What the hell is that? I'm not playing that so game. So that was, um, <laughs> those two achievements were in an update that came out recently, and um, I'm going to have a chat with Nom about these, actually, because they potentially are unobtainable at oh, present. Oh, okay. Yeah. So those ones comes with asterisks. Uh, I might link this spreadsheet um, to the show notes so you can have a look. There, As I say, there's a there's several hundred of these. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to read them all because we'll be here until well, tomorrow. The um, bad um, ones are quite interesting. They're... 
um, so the co-op on that game is actually local only, which is probably okay. why nobody's done it because there's a ton of content in the game and it's really boring and frustrating as well. So. Okay, so this is in Badland Game of the Year yeah. edition, which came out nearly two years ago, so um, you... and there are two, four, five achievements that no one has unlocked yet. Yeah. So this comes down to either being local co-op or potentially somebody might have never requirements, we just don't know, and they might be unobtainable again. Oh, they might, so. they might be playing offline and they just don't know. Yeah, them, yeah. yeah potentially, <laughs> especially if it being local only. But... Um, okay, and then I just wanted to mention Brick Breaker, my, one of my favourite games of all time, uh, has, has four, uh, five um, achievements which no one has won yet. And I think when I initially reviewed this game, I mentioned that it would it be impossible to get them. Yeah, yeah so uh, I was right. How can you bring out a game with five achievements? And the word this thing is, right, four of them are for getting to skill level two, three, four, and five. So... You, if people can't even get to skill level two, how on earth are they supposed to get to skill level five? It's utterly ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I will link that. But great question, Joe. You win a game. <laughs> a game. <laughs> are we going to be more specific? No. Nope. I'm going to let her pick. I'll send her a few and see what she wants. Cool beans. Uh, let's just quickly talk about this week's streams and next week's streams. So today we are streaming Ekimo Splinters of the Dark Shard uh, at 3 p.m. today, which is actually quite soon. Uh, then we'll hopefully we'll be streaming some Zelda Breath of the Wild. So if you want to see what all the fuss is about, because I certainly do, uh, join us for that. Uh, on Monday we are streaming Bloons TD5, uh, which the achievement list has just hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are 47 achievements for a thousand gamer score, and that is a tower defense game. There's a lot of love in the comments for that, actually. On the- there is a lot of love, so we're quite looking forward to playing yeah. that one on Monday. Um, Tuesday we're playing uh, what I'm going to continue to call Bazooka Wars 2 even though it's actually called Bokazooka Wars 2 uh, just because I'm an idiot Uh, the achievement list for that is out too that is not receiving much love so if you want to see us get angry with the game please join us in that chat Uh, we are playing Verdun which Dave has mentioned before on Wednesday is a World War do I want to say one or two? I think or it's two. two. Oh, right. Well, there you go. One. Yeah. <laughs> well, one and a half. It's a world um, war. 50% chance of probably both. It's definitely a war and a world involved in that game. 1.5. Well, uh, With some incredibly grindy achievements uh, in it, which we won't be able to unlock in an hour. Uh, and then Thursday, we're playing Warhammer Quest. I don't know anything about that game. It sounds fantasy landish. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Friday, we're playing Tabletop Racing World Tour, which uh, Jez will love and definitely tune in to watch, <laughs> I am sure. But I am very excited about that. Uh, let's just quickly talk about the achievement list that we haven't mentioned yet that have hit this week. Uh, Jack? Yes, we've had uh, a couple. We're going to cut out stuff that we've already mentioned, but we've had some more ACA games. So we've had the Neo Geo Metal Slug and Neo Geo Nam 1975. <laughs> Uh, we then had Walking Dead Windows 10, which was a surprise. 48 achievements, yes. 1,000 gamer score. So, had this game not been out on Windows 10 before? No, no so it's out on the 1 and the 360. Okay. Great game. Get it, if you've not played it. And then, following on from that, we've had Sublevel Zero Redux with 27 achievements and Poi Windows 10 Edition with 25 achievements. Poi. Poi. Great name. And then we've had a couple of big DLC packs hit as well. We've had Tom Clancy's The Division, uh, five achievements for 150 gamer score. I think Trees has already got all of them. And <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah. And then the Sabotage DLC in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, 10 achievements, and they're all tailored toward the new zombie map that's in the mode. So, uh, okay. Yeah. 
That's it. Cool. Uh, let's quickly mention new releases. So we have Akimo's coming out today, which we are streaming. Hitchhiker, uh, which I think we've mentioned before. And Bloons is TD5 is out today as well. Next week, we have Ghost Recon Wildlands on Tuesday is the big release, along with Lego Worlds. Oh, and Marvel vs. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. There's a big titles out next week. Um, Verdun hits next Wednesday, and then Tabletop Racing World Tour hits next Friday. There's another idea cool. as well. Clicker Heroes on Friday. Okay. Clicker Heroes? Oh, man. Clicker Heroes. Is that like the one on Steam? I've got no idea. What well, it you, is. you click a mouse button. Maybe it should be yeah, Press repeated. Heroes. Or... Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, let's hope it's not that, because I won't have a mouse for starters. Um, Jez. Where can people find you socially? If, I don't mean in your local <laughs> pub, I mean online. If, uh, if they want to follow you and find out all your Scorpio exclusive news. Uh, well, um, you can follow me at Twitter, mainly, at Jez Corden, J-Z-C-O-R-D-E-N. Um, also on Xbox Live, just Jez, J-E-Z. Too cool. Too cool. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Instagram, I use that quite a bit, post cat pictures with xbox controllers <laughs> on top of them and stuff. Um, which is what instagram is for true that um that's also jez corden as well um and uh yeah on windowscentral.com writing articles and that sort of thing and uh, lovely yeah Stay follow tight. jez uh, should we pimp our own twitters we haven't done that for yonks i'm a uh, i just hit a thousand followers actually last week Woohoo! Uh, i am richstone 99 on twitter Please don't try and hack my account. <laughs> uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave is Dave Kinetic. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, and Jack is Jack Watling UK. Jack Watling UK to differentiate himself yeah, from the from my Australian alter ego. <laughs> Jack <laughs> Watling. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us. Uh, thank you, massive thank you to Jez for joining us today. Um, good luck with everything Windows centrally, and uh, hopefully I will bump into you for a pint at some event very soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for having me. It's uh, been a really fun podcast. You're most welcome. And we will be back again next week. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. See you later.